you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Rhett Lewis here with another NFL Draft Twitter space here. And this is kind of cool because we're also doing this as essentially a simulcast uh, for one of our podcasts uh, that I host uh, a couple of times each week called NFL Inside Report, where we get to chat with our NFL network insiders, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, Mike Garofolo, all of our NFL media reporters for kind of the stories that they don't get to tell on TV, right? The stuff that uh, kind of leads to the story and the end result that you see. Uh, when they get on TV or when they tweet it out or put it out on Instagram. So all of that information, we kind of get the behind the scenes look at it. And that's basically what we're doing for you guys here today uh, and kind of associating that with the draft. So Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero are going to join us just as soon as they figure out uh, what time zone they're in. It is Pacific time, fellas, in Las Vegas. Basically, mock draft season is coming to an end today. Daniel Jeremiah is going to have his final mock draft, the definitive mock draft projection. Uh, That's going to be coming up for you guys at 9 p.m. Eastern time uh, here on NFL Network tonight. And there's just so much intrigue. I cannot remember a draft that had this much curiosity at the top, had this much potential for kind of game-changing picks and picks at the very top even at number one like at this point we still don't know who number one is and so yeah we're going to talk to ian and tom about all the uh, draft wild cards the potential trades the Debo what's Samuel up? stuff. Is, is it working uh, now oh hey ian yeah let's go what's up man what's going on just walking from uh the bellagio my uh my live shot location at the cosmo which is a luxurious tremendous spot so i'm doing well how, I mean, in terms of live shot locations, um, 
sitting out there on the balcony at the Cosmo, looking down at the draft set in the Bellagio Fountain Lake there, uh, it's got to be up there in terms of live locations. Am I right? Yeah, it's up there. I would say my number one was in Philadelphia when it was me and basically like a nightclub. Like yes. actually just like a nightclub. So it was like craziness around me and I'm honed in on my computer. I'm cranking away and people are doing shots and there's... That's more your scene service. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's more, well, then it was great because then the draft finished and I could just have a drink. And that's fantastic. <laughs> um, and, then, but, and then the other one that was just amazing was Nashville. Which right. Like, I was on the stage. It was kind of no frills. But the people behind me, like it was absolute madness. Like that was, that was just one of the most fun experiences I've had in 10 years of the draft. No, no doubt. Like watching the, the little remote camera we had kind of fly down Broadway that yeah. night of the draft, like seeing like, I mean, it felt like Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras for me being from New Orleans. Like there's just so many people out there. Um, right. And I, I imagine on, but yeah. we could right. we could have a similar scene like on the strip on Thursday and Friday night. Um, Man, I, I, I have heard, this is, you know, I try not to pass along information that's not reliable. I have heard 500 700,000 people could be in town for the draft. Just for the draft. Just for the, like, it could really get wild and awesome. Which, you know, that's the atmosphere. Every, Vegas is great anyway, but that's the atmosphere everybody wants, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, obviously we've been doing Path of the Draft every day with uh, with Daniel Jeremiah, with Bucky Brooks, and, you know, DJ's talking all these, these uh, you know, draft evaluators, college scouting directors, GMs, and all this. And, I mean, like, I remember him, like, literally telling me about one player who we've had mocked in the first round, like, literally the entire time during mock draft season, and one GM actually had a sixth-round grade on that player. Like, that's that's wild, you know, to have that. Much of a disparity. I, I, I just, I mean, I just went through it right now with the with the GM right before I got on. We went through, went through an offensive lineman who I think is going to go in the first round that he had a fourth round grade on, and Whoa. talked about the quarterbacks. And you know, one of the quarterbacks that I think is going to go, he had the highest grade. And this is a team not taking a quarterback, but I think that's what right. it's like. That's why, like, some things are going to happen. I always enjoy, whenever Pelissero decides to join us, I always enjoy his article on first-round surprises. Yeah. Because this year, there's going to be some really, really fun ones. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and uh, by the way, that's out there, NFL.com slash Pelissero right now. A couple of guys like, you know, Logan Hall uh, being one of them there. And, um, you know, the defensive tackle from Houston, which kind of represents a little bit of one of the surprises we had a year ago, you know, which was Peyton Turner going to the Saints. And we'll get to that whenever he does, in fact, decide to find some Wi-Fi and join us here. But um, well, you don't even need Wi-Fi; just a regular old cell signal, really. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good deal, actually. <laughs> so, turns out there's pretty good coverage on the Strip in Vegas. Um, yeah. So, the other part of this, because you mentioned it when you were talking about that conversation you just had with the GM, is the quarterbacks. Like, we've gone everywhere on the quarterbacks. You know, from who the top quarterback is seems to differ depending on who you talk about. Where that quarterback will go, how high, or or like on the flip side, like how long will it take until we get one off the board? Like, do you have any sense right now of where the first one goes and how many we end up getting in the first round, Ian? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I do. I, I personally feel like we'll get one in the top 10, maybe two. Um, 
And, you know, I think we'll probably get one of the back end uh, first round as well. So I'm thinking three yeah. in the first round. Yeah. Um, but then like, you know, and so like, what do I know? Right. I mean, I'm talking to everyone, but no one really says, and the teams who are going to take a quarterback are like the most squirrely. Of teams. course. So, <laughs> you know, they'll want to keep that kind of keep it under wraps. Um, but there's other people who have really good information who think a quarterback doesn't go until 20. With the Steelers. Which I, right, which I think is crazy, but, you know, that could be what we end up, what we end up seeing. Um, I'm going to go in an elevator up to my location. If I lose, I'll be back. I'm going to yeah. keep talking, but if I lose, you just, you know. Sure. Sure thing. Thanks, Ian. Um, that's uh, that's, that's the, the natural, you know, just the organic conversation here on NFL uh, Twitter draft spaces. So, no, that's all good. Um, yeah, so the quarterbacks are obviously some of the big wild cards. Um, and, you know, obviously Ian's going to be talking about that all day on NFL Network and as part of the draft broadcast. Oh, is that elevator music, Ian? It is actually elevator music in the elevator, yeah. Oh, what a deal. I mean, I don't know what else you're supposed to play, right? Like, there's ever a time to play elevator music. Yeah, that would, that would be it for sure. It's, it's very, it's, it's a little too on the nose, but, you know, it is what it is. So here's, here's one of the, one of the questions because we've long kind of thought, and, and by the way, are you saying like from, from your understanding with the Jaguars inking Cam Robinson to the three year $54 million deal that, that you put out there um, on Twitter this morning, um, are you saying that that takes tackle off the board for them at number one? I, I wouldn't say it takes it off the board, but it definitely is something to consider. Like, you know, I could understand why they take, you know, why they would take a tackle, right? I mean, you can move on from the right tackle they have. Uh, Cam Taylor, yeah. You know, you can uh, have Cam Robinson play on the right side, but, you know, the thought of taking someone, the first overall pick, having them play on the right side indefinitely seems like not reality to me. I'm thinking edge. I'm thinking defense. Yeah, and, and look, I think that's that's part of the conversation here. We were talking – on path to the draft this week about, yeah, you know, Cam Robinson's back on the franchise tag. No, they're talking about a long-term deal. They took Walker Little in the second round last year. Uh, they took Juwan Taylor in the second round a couple of years ago. And, you know, if you take a tackle, you know, they were, we were kind of likening it to Doug Peterson's situation in Philly when he won the hey, Super Bowl. Which, I made it. Let's go. Oh, you did. Nice. Um, yeah. Jason, how, how about that? I was just casually filling until you got off the elevator. Um, Jason Peters on the left side. You had Lane Johnson on the right side, two of the best tackles in football and a big part of that Super Bowl run for Philly. And, you know, there was talk that it's, it's Doug Peterson making the push in for a tackle, regardless of what happens with Cam Robinson, because you knew he was going to be there this year anyway, back on the franchise tag right. for the second year. So I'm, I'm just kind of wondering if that, you know, if that still keeps tackle on the board, even though they have the long-term deal with Cam, then and maybe it's Ike Aquanu and, you know, he can play some guard or right tackle until you figure out, you know, what you want to do there permanently. Right. You know, I understand all that. I'm not saying it's yeah. wrong. I'm just saying when we're talking a, you know, number one pick, someone who is a difference maker, someone yeah. who, you know, you, you, you hope that it is a premium position. You hope that it is someone who will play a spot where you're like, I don't have to worry about this for years to come. And to me, the uncertainty of like, did we just take a tackle or do we just take a guard at number one? Right. No, I get it. Makes me, makes me kind of lean defense. Yeah. 
And but but even then, like, do we really know which edge rusher it's going to be at number one? If that's the position they go, is it Aiden Hutchinson with the production, or is it the projection in Trayvon Walker from Georgia? Like, there's still intrigue even in that scenario, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, it is it has been fascinating to watch what has happened. Not that anything's happened to Aiden Hutchinson, because like, if he doesn't go one, my guess is he goes two. Right. Um, but everyone has been pretty clear on that Walker has more upside and is more explosive, except when you actually look at the numbers, which is not the case at all. Um, but that's sort of what everyone has decided. I actually have some breaking news. Oh, this is important. Tell us. Tom Pelissero has joined the chat. <laughs> Tom. Hi. Hi, Tom. Hello. Hey, man. How are you? You know, we're staying at a very nice hotel. I've enjoyed that accommodations. Our shot looks great. If there is one complaint, it is there is zero cell serveness and terrible Wi-Fi. So oh. we're working around it. I may disappear in 10 seconds. Ask all your questions very fast for it because I may be gone anytime. <laughs> okay, great. Got it. Uh, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, Rhett Lewis here on a little NFL draft Twitter spaces, but also kind of giving you a glimpse of what uh, – Episodes on NFL Inside Report, the podcast, are like these guys, uh, Ian and Tom, are always gracious with their time and, and join us and give us all the scoops. More than gracious. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, let's... The amount of time that we give to you, it's like, hey, yeah. I, I mean, like, the, this is technically your podcast. I mean, like, this is this is your – this is the you know, NFL essentially inside er with the apostrophe uh, S report. So – um, yeah, it's one way to describe it. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. But look, we're glad to t- chat with both of you guys here. Tom, wh- where is your biggest like kind of draft curiosity right now? Like your biggest wild card where, where you're kind of curious as to what things are going to happen and how, you know, the picks shake out after, let's say, a certain team makes their selection? Everything. Yeah, it's 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 everything from the top of the draft all the way through. It's you know a, a draft class where you have what teams regard as fewer ready-made blue chip type prospects. Uh, I know there are, you know, Steve Kime, the Cardinals GM, has said that he's got over 20 first-round grades. I would consider that to be an outlier. Uh, I've talked to teams, many of them who have under 20, certainly. There are at least a few that have under 15 first-round grades, which means you've got a great deal of variance, especially when coupled with the quarterbacks. And yep. you're going to have some surprise picks in the back half of round one. I think that where the quarterbacks go okay. is the biggest question in this draft because as much as everybody can say it's not a year that you, you want to need one, I don't know what is happening over there with you guys. Uh, it's not a year where you want to need Mute one. yourself, Ian. You oh, I'm making coffee in my bed. You don't want to have a, you don't want to have to need a quarterback this year, right? There's, it's a, a lot of projection. There's holes in everybody, but quarterbacks tend to go and there are teams with needs. So when that begins, whether it's in the top 20, whether it's in potentially even the top 10, that's going to dictate a lot of other things. Cause once the first quarterback goes, as we've seen time and again, there's always that possibility that a couple more are going to go quickly after because everybody gets, fancy about when they're going to be gone yeah i also uh want to chime in and just let you guys know and i'm usually pretty transparent i'm going to be getting makeup um while i talk to you guys so mm. you know, if you hear the the light sounds of a makeup brush stroking my face that's uh that's what's happening this is great so like this is the behind the scenes stuff that everybody wants right ian's getting makeup he's making coffee tom's trying to find wi-fi and we're just trying to figure out 
what the heck's going on with the draft here in just over 24 hours. Let me ask you this while uh, Ian gets his makeup here, Tom. Um, We've been kind of slotting in edge rusher one way or another to the Lions at two. The Texans at three um, have an opportunity to be one of the power players in the early part of the first round with picks at three and 13. They're a bit of a mystery because they could literally go anywhere in terms of, you know, which position they want to go to. But it feels like the cornerbacks and not just Sauce Gardner, but Derek Stingley as well have kind of entered to borrow a phrase from Ian, entered the chat there at two and three. Um, do you guys feel it, Tom? Do you feel like the corners could go that high? There's certainly a possibility, in part because those two guys, Derek Stingley and Sauce Gardner, are really considered the top of the class. Then you've got, you know, Trent McDuffie, who some teams view more as a nickel uh, than as an outside corner. You got guys like Kyrie Elam from Florida, who may go sooner than uh, a lot of people are expecting, but. Anytime you've got position scarcity, especially at a, a core position in the modern NFL, I mean, look at the, the money the wide receivers are getting. You can't put a price on the corners to stop them. And so I would absolutely anticipate that those two potentially both could be gone uh, in the top 10. And then you're going to have some teams, you know, beyond the top 10 who were hoping initially or a couple of weeks ago those corners would slide, who now are going to have to figure out, do you make a move up? Do you trade back? Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. Absolutely. Would not surprise yeah. me if Houston took a corner at three, um, but that's just yeah. one scenario, especially because Nick Casario has the ammo if he wants to, to trade back up from 13 and potentially get two picks in the top 10. What's interesting about these scenarios is like, you talk about position scarcity, that really does drive a lot of these things, right? Like, there's two corners who I think everyone considers to be the top guys. Now, Stingley has a few more questions because his you know, work on the field is not as in-depth, I would say, in his last couple of years were not great. Um, as long as you can make your peace with that, I mean, he is one of the top two corners, maybe the top corner, not a lot of those guys. Talking about edge rushers, like, there is a chance Thibodeau slides uh, and gets to 9-10, but, like, if it's not him, then who? Yeah. Right? Like, so, you know, let's say Jermaine Johnson gets up 10-11-12, like, somebody may trade up for him, whether he's sort of – merits it or not because if you don't get him like who are you actually getting like that's a big driver of these trades yeah i mean like outside of those top four edge rushers if we get four off in the top 10 like we've kind of been thinking this whole time then you know you're starting to look at the george karloftis's of the world boye mafe arnold evacati uh you know like nick benito um when you get in you know to the back end of the very back end of the first round and then top of the second round uh, there was just some of the names that tom brought up in his uh, kind of wild cards late first round uh, pick piece on NFL.com, NFL.com slash Pelicero for that. Um, Tom, uh, we, you, you kind of talked about trades, and, and then I'd uh, love to get Ian to chime in on this as well. I mean, like everyone's talking about, yeah, it'd be great to trade back, but somebody's got to want to trade up. Like at the end of the day, like how much mo- movement do you feel like we're really going to see in the top 10? We're still a little ways out here. A lot of these conversations get yeah. real. Um, on draft day and even more so as the draft develops. I think that just because of the uncertainty of what's going to play out even within the first few picks, uh, I I would tell you this, a lot of GMs are going through every scenario with every team, and that's not entirely unusual, but this year there's a little bit more emphasis on it just because there's so many different ways that this could go. So a lot of times when you hear about a team's, you know, making calls about trading up, odds are they're also making calls about trading back just because you have to be prepared for different scenarios. I do think that there could be 
movement, I think that it may happen a little bit further down than what people are anticipating. Again, wherever you draw that line for your first round grades, and it's going to be different on every board, you're generally going to try to get one of those players who you've got a true one on, which might require you to drop, or if they're all gone, you can't move up, then you're going to try to move back because you probably have more similar grades uh, on some other guys. I think you'll get some trades, you know, potentially in the teams, just because teams are going to be looking at the Saints and the Steelers in the back market. Does somebody try to leapfrog them and get the guy that they want? Um, all those are certainly possibilities. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, if you look at the way this draft, it's so strange the way it's happened, but, like, there's multiple teams with multiple first-round picks, and they're all kind of clumped together, yeah. right? Eight, which is, I mean, this is, like, just wild. But um, And so, like, they happen to be in bunches. Like, you get, you know, Packers are both in the late 20s. You have uh, the Chiefs are back-to-back, right, in the late in the Yes, 29 and 30. Or, what is it, 29 and 30. And so what I would imagine is you'll have a situation where, like, both of those teams probably won't make both of those picks right then. Right. You know, Chiefs are a trade-up possibility. Packers are a trade-up possibility. Both of them, as we've detailed extensively, have a need at receiver. Does either of them trade up for a receiver? Do they get after the same guy? Like, there's whoa, like, whoa, whoa. It's going to get really fun. For one, the Packers don't take receivers in the first round. It's been 20 years. And you, so you think they might trade up to get a position that they don't take in the first round? When Brian Gutekunst wants something, he is incredibly aggressive for it. Okay. So, yeah, I could see – I mean, yes, like Ted Thompson would not have done that, but these are not Ted Thompson's Green Bay Packers. That's right. Well, that's, that's intriguing. Um, and while we're sitting there in the back half here of the first round, those those back 10 to 12 picks. Uh, make, make up going well, by the way. Yeah, glad to hear it. Glad to hear Hurry it. Hurry up, I'm next. On. I'll give you a couple of other decision points here that I've kind of been identifying uh, throughout this draft process. We talk about the Carolina Panthers at number six, and quarterback seems like a spot right there where that could certainly be you know, where the Panthers go. Um, but if they don't, it would make sense there too. They need a left tackle. They don't have a pick in the second or third round. So they have a pick at six and not again until the fourth round. So it certainly would make some sense there if they do make a move back. Um, but you know, that's, they got to have a willing trade partner to come up and who's somebody coming up for there. So there's a lot of different variables. The, the Falcons at eight are really intriguing to me. I think Terry Fontenot, the GM there in Atlanta has said that they want to get a quarterback here at some point. Um, and in this draft, they've been at all the quarterback pro days. They're sitting there at number eight. They need a receiver too. I think that's certainly on the docket. What if one of those top four edge rushers is sitting there at eight and they need an opportunity, you know, they need a player to get after the passer there as well. So there's a lot of different ways that the Falcons could go. And then you, you've got the Seahawks at nine. Like, are, are they a dark horse for a quarterback in this draft? If Malik Willis is sitting there at nine, is that something that might interest Pete Carroll and John Schneider? So there's a lot of different ways that this can end up going. Um, Ian, are you back hey, with Ryan, us? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Hey, there yeah, you are. I'm back with you. Sorry, this is quite the roller coaster over here. Yeah. This is the problem, though, is like I've gotten three calls and like 20 texts in the middle of this, and some I want to answer and some I don't, but this is basically what these last two weeks have been life, which is a series of calling someone, missing their call, calling them back, and missing that call. Ah, so, right. Phone times. Um, you want to tell us all of the you want to tell us all of the uh, calls that you don't want to answer? Uh, your call. <laughs> okay. Not that you call me, but if if that was the case, I would definitely <laughs> not answer that. Um, so we talked about the Seahawks at nine. Yeah. Um, 
I so my guess would be no quarterback at nine. Okay, but the Seahawks would be an interesting team to potentially trade up back into the first round and take the quarterback. Mm. It's smart business. Yeah. You get the fifth year option. The value's a little better. I could see them, the Colts, maybe the Falcons if they don't take one and eight. Like I could definitely see those teams saying, you know what, the value's better. I'm just going to trade up. Um, I'm just going to trade up in the end of the first round and get my guy. Yeah. Um, Ian, how, how does the, the potential for a Debo Samuel trade kind of shake things up on Thursday night? Is that something you're really following as as something that could happen? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I guess theoretically it could. I don't, as of like this very second, I don't sense there's a ton imminent or going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we're going to keep following it, but I just, you know, I don't sense it like there's anything urgent happening literally right now. You know, but obviously, and, and, you know, these are complicated trades. So generally, when you have a situation of a player changing teams before the draft, you got to get that guy in for physical. Right. So, right. You know, we'll see if we'll see if this does happen, but it's and he'll need a new contract. So, like, it is complicated. Um, you know, obviously, we'll keep following. I just don't get the sense right now that anyone's finger is, you know, right on the button sure. or anything like that. Sure. All right. Last one here for you, because the uh, the Jets are also, you know, one of those teams that are really kind of intriguing to follow at four and at ten. Two picks there in the top ten. Yeah. Obviously, they've got some capital on, on day two as well. Um, how much does their feeling about Makai Becton affect what they do in the top 10, their first round pick two years ago at left tackle, Ian? So, you know, I've, I've, I've seen some stuff about, you know, the Jets moving on from Becton and all that. I don't know, man. Uh, I, you know, sometimes people hear things and I just haven't gotten there yet or I, they had better sources than me and I, I, that is all possible. I know, I know it seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, he is a premium player at a premium position who was injured last year. Are they thrilled with him? No, they would have preferred he was not injured. <laughs> right. I, I would be, I would be a little surprised. One, if they could move on from him, if they would move on from him. Two, like how could they get the value? It's the same thing I would say with you know the Giants moving on from Kadarius Tony. Like, sure. Can anything happen? I guess things can always happen, but like, what value would you get to make you okay with moving on from? Um, you know, moving on from a first round pick, like how could that make sense to you? Yeah, it, I think it doesn't. It, you know, but. if the Jets take Aquanu at four, which you know certainly possible, it's because he's the top player on the board and the value is so good they just have to take him. And then what do they do? I don't know. Play him a right tackle. Line, yeah, figure it out. Yeah, Play get your card, best five out tackle. Sure. Yeah, who cares? Like, could do worse than setting up your own quarterback with a rock star offensive line. Right. You know? uh, which is something we could certainly see the, the Giants try to do there at five or at seven. Uh, yeah. So, uh-huh. 100%. That's, um, that's just a glimpse of the intrigue and a little bit of the mystery here because each pick, I mean, just feels like there's so many different ways that each of these teams can go. I feel like in recent years, we get those picks. We're like, all right, this team, I got, we got them pegged. It's going to be this player. It just, it makes the most sense. It, the need, it's the best player available. It just doesn't feel like this year that there are those types of selections. Like I'm just, Agreed. I'm really hoping I get at least one right in my last mock draft. Like that's. I hope you get zero. <laughs> of course you do. Thank you. Have you ever gotten zero? No, no, certainly not. Certainly not. You, this might be the year. This definitely could be the year. 
Uh, all right, Ian, thanks for spending some time here with us. Uh, get back to your makeup, your coffee, and your TV work. Uh, we'll see you later today. Path of the Draft, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Ian's got some other responsibilities. Tom, well, better luck next time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was really disappointing. But certainly, uh, for everybody out there, be sure to check us out. NFL Inside Report, the podcast out there for you, wherever you get your podcast, part of the NFL uh, media podcast group and uh, and part of the iHeartRadio app as well. So wherever you get your podcast, check us out each week on the NFL Inside Report podcast. Thanks so much yeah, for being and, with us. And, yeah. and I would say, what do you got? Yeah, I would just say real quick, if you guys are upset that Tom didn't join us at the proper time, just tweet at him and let him know. Yeah, definitely, definitely let him know at Tom Pelissero. That's two S's, yep. not two L's. Two S's right. at the end. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Ian, thanks again, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. right. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the draft, y'all. We'll see you later today on NFL Network. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Report. Thanks so much for being with us. Reminder to download, rate, and review our show on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you guys being along for the ride. For our producers, Thomas Warren, Tim Parachka, and Harrison Sanford, I'm your host, Brett Lewis. We'll catch you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. 